1: Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we haven't been able to get tickets to Firefest Fest 2023 yet. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Bedelik, who desperately needs some sunlight. Bedelik, what are you putting on top of rice? That's Anything. Any toppings. Any uh... toppings in the world on just a bowl of plain white rice?
2: Well, I would let the... Plain white rice sit in a it de- sit in the fridge for a day and then do some fried rice the next day. Oh, <laughs> cheating! Cheating! <laughs> this is uh, cheating. Um. Oh, well. Okay. I I would what I would actually do instead of on top of I would put it in or or use it alongside
1: a Thai curry. Okay. Fine. Um, probably, fine. If you're probably, gonna be that way,
2: probably a yellow Thai curry.
1: All right, if you're going to try and cheat the algorithm, I guess I'll have to just go ahead and let you do it. I always cheat the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My mere existence cheats the algorithm. Uh, this is what, true. <laughs> what about you?
1: We're learning a lot about cheating the algorithm today. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, for me, I'm basic. I like me uh, a fried egg over okay. easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pop that yolk and let it run down mm. in there. Maybe with some uh, uh, some mayonnaise, some uh, Japanese mayonnaise in particular. It's okay. a little tangier. Sure, oh, I yeah. get
2: that. See, I, I... I get the ick with eggs very easily. Uh, you know you're one of those I'm people. One of those. You're
1: just one of those I, people.
2: It's, I can't. I just don't, I don't get it. And also mayonnaise. We've talked about mayonnaise before. Oh. I can't get on board with mayonnaise if, <laughs> if I know that there's mayonnaise in something. But... If I'm, if someone hands me something that has mayonnaise on it, I'm like, wow, this is delicious. What is this flavor? See, but as I, soon as I, I, used I know to not there's like mayo,
1: either I yeah. used to really not like it, and then I got turned on. And to Japanese And then you moved to mayo. the
2: fucking suburbs, and here we are.
1: Well, a little of that. I got turned on to Japanese mayo, which yeah. is has, is a bit a little tangier. It's a little bit of a different flavor. Look, uh, and I really like
2: it. You're gonna laugh at my bougie but call it an aioli, and I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's an A O L, that's fine. Mayonnaise, not on board. Aoli, that's not surprising. Right. Yeah, that's no, not that's surprising. Fine. Yep, I know, I know. Oh,
1: uh, you're just like, my mom refuses to eat eggs unless they are destroyed. I mean, just fucking completely, thoroughly ruined. She will boil eggs. She will boil eggs for half an hour. Yeah, it's- I'm not it, shitting it's you. Half a fucking hour. The,
2: the separation between the white and the yolk freaks me out. Like, I love an omelette. I love scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. It's just like being served the whole egg with the white and the yolk separate. I just don't,
1: it freaks me out. Mm, I don't know why. I love it. I love it. That yolk is just so good. Except, except when it Give doesn't. You cholesterol. It's
2: cholesterol. And it's the best thing in the world. Like, it's, just, it's <laughs> weird. I can't
1: explain it. It's a weird thing. Anyways, Benedict, uh, you probably know what mm. it is that we do here on this program. Uh, but some of those out there, people who don't like their eggs over easy, uh, they might not know uh-huh. exactly what it is that we do here. To them, I would say, this is the show where we go deep Deep, deep, deep to plumb the depths. of didn't wing put the voice modulator. I on. still haven't. It's still sitting. On. It's still sitting. <laughs> pretend. In the other room, a problem. Part of the problem is it's a little box, right? Yeah. It's like uh, five inches by five inches or something, maybe. Um, and I don't have enough desk space at the moment to actually. I would have to clear off all my work shit that is splayed all yeah. over my desk just papers and notepads and everything all over the place, and figure out how I'm going to situate it. So I'll get it done at some point. Mm. At some point, I'll get it done. Uh, but by uh, reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction, and in between, take a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Ben, to start us off, do you have a hot take for us this yeah, week? Yeah,
2: instant regret. Uh, in in that as soon as I did the call to action of asking people to tell me I was cool I felt the (laughs) most shame I have ever felt on the internet uh, I didn't think anyone would do it. And now I feel no. huge embarrassment that we I said it out loud. A lot of
1: people be like, don't be sad. I we do. love you too. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: Which was very nice. But also I don't take compliments well. So I don't know why I <laughs> asked for that. Um, uh, so yeah, instant regret. Thank you. Our community is lovely. I love you all. Thank you very much for writing to me to tell me I'm lovely. It also it did give me great embarrassment, but it did, warm my heart just a little so thank you Mm. very much Mm. uh but Uh, yeah instant
1: regret that i said that on a show (laughs) i think you should be embarrassed i think that's the way it works yeah
2: no i think that's fair enough what about you
1: uh for me benedict uh i love i love dumb fuck ups Uh and the beginning of a new year is one of those when it happens all the time and i love it uh where people keep saying 2022 even though it's 2023 now
2: So Uh, I was writing something the other day and I was writing about 2022 and I mm -hmm. kept writing 2023 because I'm like, aha, I'm smarter (laughs) than them. I know what year it is. And I was doing an analysis (laughs) of last year. great,
1: great stuff. (laughs) Uh, But I, uh, uh, you know, uh, for these book chapter episodes, that's what we're doing today. I pull a clip of Alex Jones Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I I pulled today's from his website, band.video, which is a shitty fucking website. It's so difficult to use and it works like garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, But the banner ad I kept seeing on every video I pulled up on there was Alex talking about how tomorrow, as we record um, uh, Tuesday, uh, January 17th, um, he kept saying that on this Tuesday, January 17th, 2022, we're going to have <laughs> <Good stuff. laughs> the biggest event. It's going to be a live stream for 24 hours or whatever the fuck. Amazing. You might hear, it might be the ad that plays. I'll, I'll play the ad at the beginning of the video when we get to it. It might be the one that plays today mm-hmm. um, when I click on the video to, to make it go. We'll see if it shows up there. I hope it does. Uh, but uh, yeah, Benedict! Why don't we move on, what's on your bookshelf this week? I do this every time. Yeah, I'm going to do it again. Yep.
2: Read any Martin Luther King that's not the <laughs> "I Have a Dream" speech, <laughs> particularly "Letter from Birmingham Jail." The Atlantic publishes it every, republishes it every year. Just read it. It's Apropos,
1: good. as we actually are recording on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, Let's exactly. That's sorry are.
2: that that is why I'm saying this. Yeah. Um, because. You know, people like Ben Shapiro love to be like, well, what if Martin Luther King oh. wasn't who he actually did was? You fu- did you yeah. see his
1: fucking tweet this I did, morning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, that was the dumbest thing. So dumb. I. They're not supposed to acknowledge that MLK actually didn't believe all the things that the conservative... They're supposed to pretend that's their whole game. There was actually, pretend that
2: he's a Republican. There was an even dumber tweet, and I forget who it was from, so I can't cite it. Yeah. But it was like, hey, progressives... Because you know how conservatives oh, think that we love. Oh, I know the, the one F- you're the, talking the, about. I know, they, 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 no, no.
1: He said leftists. He oh, said leftists slash
2: BLM, Whatever. <laughs> and then he was like, because he thinks that, or he seems to think that we all love the FBI now because yeah. they're investigating Trump. So he's like, did you know that J. Edgar Hoover uh, or the FBI or whoever it was spied on MLK and yeah. also threatened to, or like asked him to to end his own life, otherwise they they'd release the blackmail tapes. And and like, did you know the FBI building is named after J. Edgar Hoover? How do you feel about that? Like, yeah, no, good. We've never liked the FBI, nor do we like J. Edgar Hoover. I, I, so. pull,
1: I pulled it up. Okay. I pulled it up just because it was D.C. Drano, oh, okay. who we've talked about before, I yeah, think, a yeah. time or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogan O'Handley, mm-hmm. who calls himself a civil rights activist. Uh, and he said, quote, hey, BLM slash leftist, colon, <laughs> did you... <laughs> Why
2: did you put a colon in there?
1: <laughs> Beyond anything else, the writing is never good. Did you know former FBI Dir J Edgar Hoover not only spied on MLK? He he is well below the tweet character yeah, yeah. limit. There was no need to abbreviate that. Uh, not only spied on MLK, and that's in bold somehow. I don't know how to make something bold. You can get fancy
2: tweet. font shit that like uh, okay. it just yeah, I don't have it. It about. makes it really inaccessible for people that can't. Read on a computer screen.
1: Yeah, I just don't have any of that shit. But also sent a letter telling MLK to commit suicide or they'd reveal blackmail info. Yep. You know who the FBI building is named after? J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) You okay with that? No. And it's the W slash for with (laughs) that I use in all of my notes. (laughs)
2: yeah no none of us <laughs> are okay with that I mean, There no. shouldn't be an fbi building which definitely shouldn't be named after James. no yeah <laughs> like, it's uh, yeah i saw a
1: bunch of people retweeting that being like man who has never met an actual leftist <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> engaging in internet dialogue uh,
2: oh, i so also good. saw joe rogan doing soros conspiracism so that's yeah isn't that great yeah. no isn't that good? great yeah. god
1: the world is broken yeah yeah yeah
2: also uh, it's just like it's just boring too like it like Oh, man, like like Glenn Beck was doing this twenty years ago. Get a new shtick, like really. Well, ten years ago. To well, ten fine. Years. Oh Okay, it feels <laughs> like twenty years ago. It feels like we covered it twenty years ago. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't heard that yet, you can go back and listen to our entire breakdown of Glenn Beck's. Uh, insane conspiracy special about george soros i think we did like five episodes you know on it what i wish through. i
2: wish that i hadn't gone bald before we started doing this show so that i could blame <laughs> it for my hair falling out because i do feel like
1: it artificially has aged me yeah it definitely has <laughs> <laughs> what's on your bookshelf this week on my bookshelf this week Benedict. hopefully this ages you a little bit i'm recommending another video game uh i've been on a, a real-time strategy uh, yeah you said lately that. Been playing a lot of them, Uh, and I finally, for the first time, uh played Age of Empires 4. Okay, how's that? Which I, I had I had held off, because Age of Empires 3 was such a disappointment, just an utter disappointment. It was a bad game, but I gotta say, they hit all the right notes for me okay. on, on Age of Empires 4. They really, it's an enjoyable game all the way through, and I play the campaign missions. I'm not a multiplayer person. Um, I play a couple of rounds of multiplayer, but you know, it's always like yeah, everyone I've on there is so much better than you. Person. It's like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Not really my thing. But they really made the campaigns incredibly enjoyable by mixing up the mission styles. Uh, and and it's just back to that sort of classic format. And it works really well. It Like I said, it hits all those notes that I was looking for. Mm. Um, and I found it really, really fun. And it's really great, you know, really upscaled uh uh hd great look sort of um 3d ish looking game just just check it out it's a (laughs) whole lot of fun i really enjoyed it anyways
2: did you watch the last of us the first episode
1: i haven't because i'm one who waits until all the episodes are out and binges them all at once so don't fucking i i
2: didn't watch it yet Uh, but many many people are saying it's very
1: good there's no way to spoil it because i played both of the games multiple times Yeah, (laughs) yeah they are Two of the greatest video games ever made. No, I know. Unironically, two of the greatest video games ever made in terms of storytelling. Uh I see why they chose it to make a series out of. Because it simply is one of the greatest feats of storytelling in the modern age. It really, really is. I was crying my eyes out at the end of both of those games yeah if that's how fucking good it is it is an emotional roller coaster and one that you will want to enjoy so play the games watch the series I'm sure it'll be fantastic. The Last of Us is absolutely amazing and deserves all the accolades it ever got.
2: People are saying the series is good, too, so I'm excited about that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited for that. Anyways, Bedlikt, on to housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias. Uh, As far as updates this week, I only have one, and that is just a thank you to all of our listeners and everyone who helped us to find the Alex Jones Witches clip. Huh. Um, somebody managed to find it. Um, uh, there were a number of people suggesting different places where it was, uh, but the one that I think I think I'm going to use um, is actually on the Knowledge Fight website, where they, they just posted the clip. Uh, and I was unaware that that was on. The, it, th- those guys, they don't have a very great website. It's not exactly easy to navigate, but I'm glad that we found it. So when, next week when we do our episode on Clinton conspiracies, we will have that. Benedict will get to hear where it all began, all of the witches, uh, and I'm super excited for that. So thank you for everyone who went out of their way looking for that clip and putting in all that effort. We really appreciate it. But, Benedict, we also have some new inductees into the Spooky Mm. World New World Order this week, and those, of course, are three new patrons. So welcome, and thank you very much to, I'm going to go with Kieran, I think is how this one is, C-I-A-R-A-N, I'm going to guess, tell me if it's wrong. But Kieran, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Yeah. And also, we have to induct the wonderful Kara Chicago. Or Kara. Kara Kara. I don't know. Why are you all giving me difficult names this week? <laughs> Kara Chicago, you are part of our
2: New World Spooky World Order. Yeah.
1: And finally, thank you very much to Flack Weasel. You are now part of our
2: New World Spooky World Order. That's the one that was you... easy
1: to pronounce. <laughs> the easy one I don't know is that a is that a Warhammer reference I don't know where that comes from (laughs) who knows Uh, anyways thank you all oh so very much and of course if you would like to join the spooky world new world order you can tweet or post about the show on social media recommending to others and send me a screenshot or tag us in it leave us a 5 star review wherever you can drop me a screenshot to let me know make a donation to a worthwhile charity or become a patron or I always drop that or too early or get my attention with something good So, Benedict, with all that out of the way, why don't we get into this week's episode, starting off with our Alex Jones Clip of the Week. And um, let's see if that
0: ad plays before it. I'm kind of hoping it does now. Tuesday, January 17th, 2022. Fuck yeah, dude! Coming up in just a few hours it's a very (laughs) special date. A special marathon broadcast at 8 a.m. past midnight where we expose the globalists' deepest, darkest secrets and lay out their future plans and how to stop them. Join me and tell others to join us this Tuesday starting at 8 a.m. at infowars.com forward slash show. Okay, right. so that was the ad. I got the some ad. homework for all of you.
1: That was the ad. I'm very yep. excited that the ad actually played and you got to hear what yep, I was talking you. about. Dumbass.
2: <laughs> does dumbass things again. Oh, Breaking news.
1: enjoyable. So uh, let's just, uh, this, is the a- this is the actual clip that we were here for. So let's see uh, let's see what's going on. And this is not a recent one, by the way. This is from November 2nd, 2021. That's when this is from. Was
2: it 2021 or 2020? 2020. Well, I, <laughs>
1: the, the, the video says 2021, but uh, we've I'm seen dismissal. how Alex has yeah. issues with that. So who knows?
0: All of you, every day we post some of the most important information under my live show feed. And there it is. The United Nations climate agenda is nothing less than a global... The population program. A transhumanist cult, hell bent on reducing the human population of Earth to five hundred million, has been preparing for seventy years to launch the final war against
1: By the way, he's just reading uh from an article on his own website. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's all he's doing. He's just reading the headline from an article on Infowars.com. Uh huh. Oh, no, I got caught with the spinny wheel of death. Okay. God, Alex's website is such fucking garbage.
0: Transhumanism against you and your family. Giving up your humanity. Sounds pretty damn alien, doesn't it? Whether they are aliens or not, or influenced by aliens, they are becoming aliens. <laughs> in their own words. They're colonizing us with their nanotech. But <laughs> the God's spirit will overdrive it all and will fry it all out. Okay, pulls it. From the... What? <laughs> <laughs> I...
2: If you put a gun to my head and said, "Tell me what he is talking about," I could not do it. I like.
1: I don't think anyone could. I have
2: no like. He, I think he's ha- th- that may be a stroke that he's having. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was.
1: So that was the very beginning of the video. So the way Alex does his shows is like the first couple of minutes, he'll just play these clip packages and stuff and bullshit because a lot of the radio shows that carry him. Um, they have, you know, the first, the top couple of minutes of the hour, they're in their ad breaks. Mm. So he, you know, sometimes he'll be on and he'll do a couple of seconds and then they'll just go to a clip package. And that's what is next. So I'm going to skip ahead of that to get to about six minutes in when Alex comes back uh, and we'll see what he has to say.
0: Tyrants are in control of the planet right now. Today you will see all of that evidence. It's Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Alex Jones
1: hi
0: alex and legislation is in the uk parliament and is set to pass to arrest people and give them two years in prison for the first <laughs> offense of criticizing the vaccines that aren't vaccines in any way
1: so
2: like did that pass did not no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I... did
2: that ever actually exist no it did not no <laughs> No, I love that. No, I love that so much. It, it's it, yeah. bizarre. It, like, some of the biggest anti-vaxxers in the world are in the UK. Like, Yeah, yeah. The,
1: literally, like, the biggest one. Like, yeah, the one who most of
2: The guy, Dr. Wakefield. <laughs> Andrew yeah. fucking Wakefield, yeah. yeah. He's not a no doctor Don't right? do yeah, have no. to call him a doctor, <laughs> <No. Yep. laughs>
0: That is true tyranny. They have similar legislation in Australia introduced, but they're saying they may just do it by executive power. And they had a press conference in New Zealand. This is all UN run. Where a reporter brought up, well, why aren't the vaccines working in Israel? Why do they have the highest infection rate? They're the highest vaccinated rate in the world for any populous nation. She threw a fit and said, we're ending this press conference now. You gave an unauthorized question. See, they've already scripted all the different questions for each other.
2: Okay. Nothing is UN run. Like even UN programs aren't really UN run. Like it's all
1: Bennett. You didn't know that the UN runs New Zealand. You weren't aware. Not of Not just New Zealand, but New
2: Zealand did, press conferences.
1: Did you see that video of Jacinda Ardern, uh, their prime minister, dancing uh, and drinking with friends? And you didn't see all the UN flags in the background of that video? Uh, was that her? I thought that was the Finnish prime uh, minister. Oh shit! You're right. I got him yeah. mixed up. Wow. <laughs>
2: you know why it's because they both seem like fun
1: they both seem like fun also they
2: shortly after that they did do a (laughs) press conference together where the finnish prime minister was visiting being like is it because we're both women so
1: you know what i think part of why i got them mixed up is because of that whole uh plot line in veep where she was friends with i don't i might have been finland oh yeah the swedish
2: swedish or finnish right right
1: yeah
0: something like that oh god isn't that amazing
2: Oh, wow. He got
0: real close Isn't that to the mic incredible? Oh, Jesus. Relax. And then we've got a member of the Australian military saying they're training to confiscate people out of their homes and take them to emergency centers. If they don't take the inoculation. And we have premiers of three states already saying that's the plan in the last few months. And people see this video and they go, well, is this officer telling the truth that the military?
1: No, No. Nope. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> As if, it turns out, was, nobody
0: has
2: been arrested for not taking the vaccine.
1: Yeah. If there was someone who was saying that, then no, they were not telling the truth, Alex. Oh, so that's fun stuff. Yep. Starts off with some transhumanism stuff, and then he just rambles for a bit about vaccines. Yeah. That's classic. That's a life. That's a well, day it's in the life of malice. No,
2: that makes sense because they're, they're putting the nanobots into our bodies with ah, vaccines. So course. It, it makes sense.
1: I forgot about that part of it. Yes. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Benedict. Today we return to the second half of Chapter Five yep. of *The Great Reset* by, of course, Alex Jones, uh, where we left off last time. If you didn't uh, remember, uh, we had. Or if uh, you're sp-
2: joining us for the first time, welcome. <laughs> uh,
1: then uh, last time we left off, and this chapter is titled "Yuval Noah Harari: RoboCop for the Empire," which still a great chapter title. Still just a baller. Yeah. Just an amazing it's chapter just, title. It's very
2: funny that he's just so mad at this one guy that he devotes like one out of, what is it, like eight chapters that he does? Or how many it's, chapters is this
1: book? I, I forget,
2: nine maybe?
1: It's yeah. a good question, honestly. So I don't know. So he,
2: he devotes a whole chapter of nine, uh, ten chapters. There are ten chapters. And he hmm. devotes a whole chapter to this one dude who is not particularly influential, apart from that he's friends with rich people.
1: Yeah, I mean I I'd say he's somewhat influential, right? This book was a bestseller. I think the follow-up book was a bestseller. Yeah, he is like, somewhat lots of, influential. Lots but... of
2: books are bestsellers, right? Like this Yeah, has, this I was going to make...
1: say he's influential in the way, same way that like James Patterson is influential.
2: Yeah. Right. Like, like...
1: It, I I would <laughs> say
2: he's influential in that he is culturally relevant or at least was in 2014.
1: Yeah, that's sure. Sure. But um I get what you're saying, right? He's not Important enough to devote an entire chapter to, but I think, and this is this is just based off of now having got the book, Sapiens, and, uh. and gone through and checked over what Alex did, um, that part of the reason why Alex decided to do this is just because Harari seems to like technology and stuff. And he yeah. does he does talk about how interesting it is and all these new things and how well it's going he to does that the and then
2: philosophizes about technology. It's basically like a philosophy one hundred and one treatise on technology, right? That's what he's doing, right?
1: So, um, I like I said, I got the book, I got Sapiens, yep. It showed up, and then Alex fucked me and moved on to a new book for the second half. Okay, of so chapter.
2: are you going to go back and fact check real quick?
1: Well, I did buy the Kindle version of the second book. Oh, you that got him about this chapter. <laughs> So, if, if Alex makes me buy one more fucking book, I'm going to be so goddamn mad. <laughs> Just to check his bullshit, it's going to piss me the fuck off. But, so, uh, there was also a problem that I had when I did this. And that is, um, I bought the paperback version of Sapiens. Mm. And all of the page numbers the that Alex is citing to <laughs> appear to be from the hardback edition. Oh, so, they do not match up with my paperback. So... I didn't want to go through and check every single quote that Alex had uh, just because it would have been a giant pain in the ass to do that since I fucked up and got the wrong version. But there was one in particular that I was most interested in that I did manage to find because Harari does have an index in the back of the book, so that was nice. I was able to find, if you remember from the last episode we talked about this book, Alex had a quote about Aldous Huxley and Brave New World, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as I think 1984 was involved in that. And I was very suspicious of the point where Alex chose to end the block quote that he had done. And, you know, I was right to be suspicious about it. (laughs)
2: Kevin, I think it's fair for us to say that we're always right to be suspicious about
1: anything in this book. So the operative provision of the quote that Alex gave us, I'll just give you that real quick. It was, quote, Huxley's vision is far more troubling than George Orwell's, 1984. Huxley's world seems monstrous to most readers, but it's hard to explain why. Everyone is happy all the time. What could be wrong with that? Question. Mark. Sounds like
2: he might go on to answer that question, Kevin.
1: Yeah, Benedict, if you continue, <laughs> immediately after that, on page 390 of the paperback version, uh, there is a, a big red header called The Meaning of Life, and then he continues with the next section, Huxley's disconcerting world <laughs> is based on the biological assumption that happiness equals pleasure. Yes, then he goes on to talk about what happiness means and why the world of Brave New World might not be such a good thing. Yes, yeah. I was absolutely correct to be suspicious of this. I, yeah, I think we
2: said that at the time. Just like, well, obviously he's gonna answer that rhetorically flourishing question. Like
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just great. It's so great because Alex knows that none of his readers or listeners or whoever are gonna go buy Sapiens and check these things that he's saying. None of them are. They never will. Um so. I guess in that way, it's a genius move to just paint these things in the way that you want them. I don't know. Yeah. It's annoying. Sure.
2: It is annoying. But anyways,
1: anyways, Bennett, we begin today's section of the book with quote, but Harari seems most thrilled by the possibility of non-biological life as the solution to those troublesome human beings who can be so difficult to organize into an army that can then be ordered to bayonet people the government doesn't like. He really is is obsessed with people
2: being bayoneted.
1: Benedict, that was all one sentence. I, look,
2: I, I just gloss over bad writing these <laughs> days. Like, I don't even have time to be like...
1: But yeah, he does seem to have an obsession with bayonets. Yeah. I don't know why. I think that's like, it just goes back to the Cold Warrior mentality and like an image of Soviet soldiers with Soviet their, bayonets. Their, yeah, maybe that's something. Maybe that's where that comes from. But he continues. But even then, the army might not follow your orders unless you convince them the people they're going to bayonet are really bad people you know, the use of people twice there, it, there's that sort of repetition of the same word annoys me. It's the sort of thing I have to like cut out of my own writing. Yeah, it's not, even, it it's not it.
2: even rhetorical there, it's just... No. Uh, but he, he does then tell on himself and be like, you know, like, uh, January six rioters. Uh... Yeah, yeah!
1: <laughs> he says, quote, like those who might claim the votes need to be recounted in an election. We all know that asking for validation of a vote is the same thing as inciting an insurrection. Harari explains how we might get rid of human beings entirely. And of course, which is an
2: absolute non sequitur. Just like, how can I bring up Jan six here? Uh, (laughs) Shove it into this paragraph. Also Harari explains how we don't need to be human anymore. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, the one thing to point out, you know, if you go back and re-listen to the last chat last first half of the chapter, um, and then for today's, is that now that I've I've read a good portion of Sapiens, I haven't read all of it because it's a four hundred some page book, but I spent you know a couple of good hours the other day reading through some of it. Um, he's not advocating getting rid of. Hu- I don't know why I had to actually go read this fucking book to be able to tell you that Harari is not advocating getting rid of humans. I don't know why I had to fucking no, do that. It shouldn't no. be a thing that I had to do.
2: I, I, it's always it's always. I mean, we. I feel like a fucking broken record saying this, but like anytime they say something is prescriptive, it's always descriptive.
1: Right, right. God, it just Oh, predictive. so much. But so the, the next quote that we get here immediately after what I just read to you um, is a lie. Mm. So and, and well, OK, I have to hedge that because I want to be as fair as possible as always. So um, we get here two paragraphs from Alex cut out of Sapiens, and they read as follows, quote, The third way to change the laws of life is to engineer completely inorganic beings. The most obvious examples are computer programs that can undergo independent evolution. Recent advances in machine learning already enable present-day computer programs to evolve by themselves. Though the program is initially coded by human engineers, it can subsequently acquire new information on its own, teach itself new skills, and gain insights that go beyond those of its human creators. The computer program is therefore free to evolve in directions its makers could never have envisaged. Now, Benedict if you go to page 408 of the paperback version of Sapiens, Mm -hmm. that first paragraph that ends with can undergo independent evolution does indeed appear. That second paragraph I read appears nowhere. It appears nowhere. It is not there. Not only is it just from a different part of the page or the chapter or whatever, it plain does not appear. Now, where I said I have to be fair is, edits, edits can be made between hardback and and uh and it, Yeah, traditions. I wanted to say, it's possible. It's possible. And as far as I can find, this book does have two versions. The original version was published in 2011. And that was a self-published uh, translation by Harari. Because he, writ- he wrote the original in Hebrew because that's his first language, right? Mm-hmm. So... The, the original was his self-translation. Then in 2015, there was a new professional translated version done and published. It's possible that that is the difference between the first translation and the second translation. I don't believe it, though, because that's a pretty big difference between what actually appears immediately following, following the first paragraph, which is, quote, the field of genetic programming is today one of the most interesting spots in the computer science world. It tries to emulate the methods of genetic evolution. Many programmers dream of creating a program that could learn and evolve completely independently of its creator. In this case, the program would be a primum mobile, a first mover. But his creation would be free to evolve in directions neither its maker nor any other human could ever have envisaged. Now, that's not just a difference in translation. That is a, a difference in in. Arrangement of the paragraph. Uh, that, and in me,
2: As somebody who's translated things, sure. it depends how loose the, they're allowed to be with the translation. Because okay. if, if they're just trying to conceptually get the idea across, I could see how that is a thing. Um, but also, I mean, even between hardback editions and paperback editions, they sometimes make edits
1: like that. Okay, fine. Of- look, I'm being fair. I'm being as fair as possible. Yeah. But... I don't believe that that Alex has that. I just don't. I, I would have to get the paperback version, and I'm not going to go get the also, paperback also. That's an <laughs> I'm extremely not do it's it. an the, the, the you, hardback.
2: Yeah, it's an extremely inoffensive paragraph. Either way, it like, is. Hey, Even then, it is. AI exists, which like but Alex. Yeah. Alex says. Oh, has about Alex it? freaked out about the ChatGPT stuff
1: yet? You know, I haven't heard him say anything about it, but yeah. I really want. I want to find out now yeah. if he said anything about ChatGPT. So, if any of our listeners know if Alex has gotten down on ChatGPT. Uh, let us know because that would be. I want to see Alex interact with ChatGPT. Oh,
2: I want someone I to s- like do like write an Alex Jones rant about
1: ChatGPT. <laughs> oh god, it'd be so much fun. But Alex says about that uh, two paragraphs he quoted. Quote: Harari sounds like such a proud parent, doesn't he? Not really.
2: <laughs> He's just describing artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah. But he says, quote, it's like he gave birth to a computer program. Not really. And if the machine starts to misbehave, well, unlike a human being, you can just turn it off. What if your laptop could also be your brain. Okay, Alex is high. Sorry. That is, I'm like yes. a- Alex
2: smoked his first joint and wrote Amen. some shit then. Okay. Man, what dude, if your thing, brain could be in your laptop, dude? That'd be crazy. Funny thing
1: for you. Alex has said in the past that he smokes weed once a year uh <laughs> to see how it has changed since when he was younger because George Soros and people like him are making it stronger oh, no. to help with their mind control no, or whatever the fuck. No. Yeah, man, he says that for real. It's so good. We picked the right per. We really need. We deserved Alex. Yeah. We deserved Alex after Mark Levin. All yeah. the suffering we went through. We yeah. really fucking deserved Alex yeah. Jones. <laughs> um, but yeah. So he has a quote. A- another, you know, weird quote from Harari, where Harari's just talking about, hey, you know, what if you could create a brain within a computer? Yeah, um, would it be
2: you, would it be conscious? Again, it's like very, like, uh, like philosophy maybe 201. Like, sure. w- once you've done the classics, you're like, hey, think about digital consciousness. And you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I went and read that chat, that passage um, in the actual book, and the, sort of the surrounding discussion around it is that, oh, yeah, there's actually this project that is trying to recreate a human brain in a computer. So, you know, they, they just got some funding, and we'll see how that goes. Okay. It's basically the gist sure. of it. But Alex continues, quote, If you believe Harari is going to simply stop with intelligent machines, you are sorely Harari's
2: scared. not doing any of this. He's not. It's not like he's got like a thing in his basement with like a brain in a jar. Like, it's...
1: <laughs> I doubt Harari can even code. He's yeah, no Elon Musk. Exactly. Uh,
2: if there's anyone that's going to fucking do this, it's Elon Musk.
1: God, I hope not uh he believes these intelligent machines will eventually take over an event he and many others call the singularity in case you were having a little trouble working up the intellectual energy to consider his plans for the suicide of the human race he helpfully highlights his genocidal plans in a section titled the singularity (laughs) that's a funny
2: sentence to be fair to alex that is a funny sentence
1: but i gotta tell you having read that entire section titled the singularity Um, not once does Harari say that, you know, machines are going to take over or that, you know, humans are going to be destroyed or anything like that. Uh, it's actually a really boring section and it's just sort of about how, you know, there's all this new stuff coming into the world and technology is accelerating really fast, a lot faster than it did in the past. We're sort of getting to the point where, you know, science fiction sort of seems like it's becoming real is the gist of the section that is titled the singularity. That's Mm -hmm. it. There's no mention of what other people call the singularity, right? Where humans and machines merge and your brain is uploaded into the web or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> not cloud. even mentioned. No. It's not even mentioned, which I thought would have, if I thought it would have been mentioned because that's what people generally mean when they say the singularity. Mm-hmm. Strange. It's very strange. Uh, but the 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 quote that Alex pulls for us from the section, the singularity, I just have written in my margins Hashtag stoned thoughts. Yeah. Because that's that. that's, that's really exactly what, what it, it is. is. I'll read for you what I, what I consider the operative portion uh, of the quote that he pulled from Harari, which is, quote, Yet the real potential of future technologies is to change Homo sapiens itself including our emotions and desires, and not merely our vehicles and weapons. What is a spaceship compared to an eternally young cyborg who does not breed and has no sexuality, who can share thoughts directly with other beings, whose abilities to focus and remember are a thousand times greater than our own, who is never angry or sad, but has emotions and desires we cannot begin to imagine? Man. Like, yeah, that's just stoned computer nerd thoughts, is all that is. Yeah, like, exactly oh god it's just weird but yeah yeah, alex alex takes that and says yeah harari wants cyborgs with no emotions that's what he wants yeah again nobody wants these things it's it's exactly that again he just thinks that it might happen yeah and again
2: that we should think about like what might happen if it does
1: oh fuck nobody let alex read neil stevenson do not let alex read neil stevenson he would lose his goddamn mind that would be the worst. That would be the absolute worst. Yeah. Or don't Ni- let Neil Alex Stevenson get a hold of cyberpunk. Was Do actually, not let Alex get a yeah. hold
2: of cyberpunk. Neil Stevenson was actually <laughs> advising,
1: uh, Elon Musk. And yeah, he was Festus for a while. So, uh, Elon, uh, uh, Neil Stevenson is such a weird cat, not only because of his weird facial hair, uh, and, and bald choice. Uh, but also like, I love Neil Stevenson's books. I think he's a fantastic writer. I really love his science yeah. fiction. Uh, he's got some really great stuff. Um, but, Again, not prescriptive. Yeah, no, I don't think so. He also has a tendency to include a lot of pedophilia in a lot of his books. Yeah, not great. Yeah, it's not. It's very strange. And he is a libertarian, so that might tell you a thing or two. Mm -hmm. Or he's like, I I actually don't know exactly where Neal Stevenson lies, but he's on the libertarian-ish side of the spectrum. Uh Uh, Anyways, we're here to talk about Alex. Maybe we should (laughs) do a Neal Stevenson book. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but he says that uh, Harari reminds him of a religious zealot, right? And this is where the rest of this chapter becomes a whole lot more weird Christian-y. It's, um, yeah. It really dives in headfirst into a lot oh, of it, weird Oh, it, it becomes stuff.
2: like, see how I'm fighting demons by writing this weird chapter? like
1: Literal uh, demons, yeah. Benedict! Yeah. Literal yeah, demons! No, the demon and devil of
2: the Old Testament. <laughs> is,
1: that's what we're fighting. So Alex says, quote... But because Harari recognizes no god or spiritual plane of existence, he tries to fill the god-shaped hole in his soul with technology. Isn't that one always fun? It is uh, fun. And also, uh,
2: Harari himself says that souls are defunct and pointless. So it's, it's yeah. good that he starts talking about the
1: god-shaped hole in his soul when mm-hmm. Harari doesn't even believe in souls. <laughs> now, however, for those of us who do acknowledge a spiritual reality, this, this is an old and familiar tale. It is the common story of one who does not acknowledge the creator, and in doing so, seek to supplant him. In the religious traditions of the world, those who walk this path risk becoming demons and devils, the most hideous creatures in all creation. (laughs) Can I be a demon? So, Benedict, he is calling a Jewish man a demon? Or a devil? I just find it so... You know, we know so much about Alex. Yeah. We know so much about Alex. Um, yeah, because he keeps telling on himself. It's hard to see it as coincidental yeah. anymore. It really is. But yeah, man, so it, it takes this weird Christian turn here, and it's it's not going to get off this weird Christian turn for the no, rest for of the chapter. No, for a while. Really. It's going to keep coming back to it. But he says next, quote, In the afterword, the afterword to Sapiens, that is, the animal who became a god, he proudly declares his heresy. And it's just... Harari using flowery language to describe how humanity, you know, became rulers of the world and gods in their own right, blah, Mm. blah, 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 that sort of stuff. It's boring. Uh, But Alex says, quote, We know the type of future Harari envisions for human beings, genetic manipulation, robotic enhancements, and non-organic life that eventually rules over us. Again, Harari never talked about them ruling over us in the sense that he wants that. He talked about the possibility of that becoming... Uh, uh, something that happens because if, if technological beings so far surpass us, then what ability would we have to stop them mm. from ruling over us again? Descriptive, not prescriptive.
2: Yeah. It's the matrix. Isn't it? Is the thing is uh, it, which I've, I've noticed. Have you noticed people talking about the matrix more often? Like- I
1: have. And also I have a bone to pick with, with everyone who calls them the Wachowski sisters. Okay. Yeah. As someone of a Polish background, it's fucking Wachowski. Again, they might pronounce it different. I don't know. I haven't actually heard them say their last name before. Okay. But just telling you how I would pronounce it, Wachowski. Cool. That's how I would say it. Um,
2: yeah. Was it Logan Paul or Jake Paul that was like, I pray you never have to interact with the Matrix after he was like held accountable for some shit that he did.
1: Yeah. Oh um, yeah. God. That has been, I don't know. I mean, there was like a big bump of that, right? Back when everyone was doing the red pill bullshit. No, it's different now. It's
2: different. I think people, it's not that, it's not seeing reality. I think people are starting to say that there's a literal matrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So what I think that is, is comes down to the rising popularity of that guy, uh, Curtis Yarvin, Uh uh, who goes by Mencius Moldbug. Right. He's the guy who was really uh, in with uh, Blake Masters and J.D. Vance mm. um, and is the crypto fascist weirdo who wants to install a, a CEO king. Right. Uh, he uses terms that are similar, but I think he calls this idea the citadel. Right. And other people just ca- do the same thing he's doing and call it the Matrix. I, um, so. I think it's a lot of his influence on the crypto fascist right is where maybe some more of that is coming. It's
2: interesting. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, let's see where it goes.
1: Nothing good. Nothing good. But he continues, and this was one of those where I just laughed out loud. But we know who the real rulers will be. The globalists with Klaus Schwab or his downloaded brain giving us all orders from his laptop. Okay, I, I couldn't write something that funny if I try I have a million questions. Okay, why is it a laptop? What Wouldn't if we you want like a desktop? <laughs> At if... least there's more processing power. <laughs> what if we just turned the laptop off? <laughs> what if you close the laptop screen? Right, it what goes if... into sleep What mode. if
2: you get the blue screen of death? Who reboots the laptop? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what if the beach ball of death doesn't stop spinning?
2: What happens then? <laughs>
1: What about the iPod? This brain on an iPod, really? I mean, at least then you've got plenty of music—sixty thousand songs yeah. these days. I've heard. Can you imagine um,
2: <laughs> Clash World can give any orders, but they have to be communicated exclusively in MP4. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like that thing they did in old movies where the radio would change and like pick up a word here and a word there to make a sentence from mm. whoever's trying to communicate. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's <laughs> it's done with like Katy Perry. <laughs>
2: It's just like Klaus Schwab's brain, but it's doing like song clips. You know, like you know, like they people used to cut words out of magazines. It's yeah. just doing that with songs. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. So, Ben, let's we get to the next book that he's going to be talking about Homo from uh, from Harari, yeah. Homo Deus: A Brief History of Tomorrow. It I don't just, remember. Did you tell me that you'd read that one too?
2: Uh, I I read the first bit of it and then i got bored honestly um, yeah. but it's basically uh from from what i recall it's like the thing that stuck with me was basically him saying that like pretty soon it could be that rich people basically make themselves gods and there's an actual underclass of people that can't afford to make themselves gods
1: yeah it's it's there uh, like i said i bought the kindle version of it and skimmed through it um and it is very much cautionary in that yeah. way um it's like like, hey we should be careful
2: before we give people the ability to like live for 300 years when most people are living for 60 years because all the wealth has gone
1: there's this whole section where he engages in the debate where he's like you know people who are in favor of this sort of thing will say well yes most of the medical advancements of our time have come from the rich and then eventually trickle down to the people who don't have as much wealth and you know harari points out that well yeah Sure, in general, people now have access to better health care than people of the past, but the gulf between what is available to the wealthy versus what is available to the poor is becoming greater and greater as time moves forward. And eventually, yes, we will reach that point where the people with sufficient wealth will become essentially immortal. And what will that mean for society mm-hmm. when those people uh, are you know, advanced in such a way, yet there are so many people who don't have access to that? And essentially have to live under the rule of those who are advanced to the point of, of immortality or quasi immortality, which is yeah. an
2: interesting thing to think about and a thing that it could happen. Is. Yeah,
1: and I think it's something that, like Alex, if he wasn't being disingenuous, would engage capable, with it and should engage yeah. with it. It feels like something that would be. It up feels Alex's like something alley. that he'd be
2: like, "Hey, the globalists are trying to live forever and keep you like dying when you're
1: fifty, like that." Right he could work it into one of his conspiracy theories if he was just, you know, on board with Harari. Or he doesn't actually even have to be. He could just be like, well, he sort of did what he did here or could do what he did here, which is just say, well, Harari's in favor of that, which is a lie. Harari is obviously not, if you read the book. Uh, And I'm against it, is just sort of what he's done. And it's very, it's much less interesting than if he actually engaged with the conversation. But he says about this new book, quote, He goes over the the sections of it and he doesn't care about part one or part two, but he says, quote, part three, homo sapiens loses control is where Harari really gets going with his futuristic plans in a chapter titled the time bomb in the laboratory. And then there's a parenthetical. Now, you might be forgiven if you thought the chapter was about China and the United States experimenting with dangerous bat viruses and how one escaped causing a worldwide pandemic and killing millions. But you'd be mistaken. End parent <laughs> this book is gonna age like camembert
2: there's so many like <laughs> throwaway like
1: look yeah. i didn't tell them to include a bunch of soft cheeses in your cheese of the month <laughs> club i apologize for that greatly <laughs> thank you but he has a quote from harari's book which is really just boring and it's just really um you know science doesn't deal with questions of morality um, you know, religion and liberalism and these sorts of systems, these are based on making abstract ethical judgments. Yeah.
2: And they get steamrolled by science a lot of the time.
1: Right. Because science, uh, the, the factual statements that science make uh, don't stand up or, or you know, there's a difference between uh, rigorous scientific scrutiny and factual statements based on on ethical values made by uh, various political or religious, uh, uh, subsets of society, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Alex says about it, I'm not going to read you the quote from Harari, but Alex says about it, quote, in Harari's vision, if you like individualism, human rights, democracy, and the free market, you're just a deluded fool. It's all part of some imagined order, rather than a system developed by brilliant, compassionate people over the centuries as the most effective way for us to live together in a manner that is conducive to the greatest good for the largest number of people. And of those four things listed, individualism, human rights, democracy, and free market, mm-hmm. Alex hates all of them except for the free market. Very much. He's not a fan of individualism. Oh, he
2: hates? Well... He,
1: he likes no. A really? no, you're not allowed to be gay or trans oh, or I weird see. in yeah, any yeah. way that goes against sure. his idea no, no, of how society right. should right. be no, ordered. He, he wants individual rights for himself. Yes, you sir. have to wear Wrangler jeans, <laughs> and you have to drive a pickup truck. <laughs> and you, and have you have to have post
2: to... before and after photos where you look the same <laughs> in both. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's definitely not a fan of human rights. No, we know about no, that. That's true. Uh, democracy? Mm, <laughs> mm, what need does he have for democracy? Yeah. Absolutely none. So... You know, Alex just doesn't understand the concept that Harari is getting at, and he includes a quote from Harari which should clue him in on what Harari is talking about. And that quote is, quote, To the best of our scientific understanding, determinism and randomness have divided the entire cake between them, leaving not even a crumb for freedom. The sacred word freedom turns out to be just like soul, a hollow term, empty of any discernible meaning. Free will exists only in the imaginary stories we humans have invented. And Alex does not understand the core concept of free will. He just does not.
2: Mm.
1: And he makes that very clear when he responds to that passage by saying, quote, It staggers the mind that the person who wrote these words is not universally condemned by all the supposed lovers of freedom one almost imagines they're reading the words of a young Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin rather than the writings of an Israeli academic. Yeah. If there's no such thing as free will, how could anybody ever be prosecuted for rape, murder, or any crime? This is a version of hell where nothing is forbidden and all things are permitted. No. Oh boy. No. I mean,
2: very, very basically what he's saying is your free will is limited to the circumstances in which you find yourself. Right, like you can make choices from within the the luck that you've like drawn yourself into. It's what it like moral you, luck, moral luck. Yeah, exactly. It's what Aaron talks about all the time.
1: Yeah, and and it's you know I've, I here's the thing, uh, Alex in his own worldview cannot believe in free will, and I know he doesn't understand that. But he is a, a, someone who believes in an omniscient and omnipotent, omnipotent God.
2: Think you have free will, Alex? Try uploading a video to YouTube, bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but you get what I'm saying. No, right? I know what you mean. Alex believes in a creator who knew everything that was ever going to happen, Yeah, ever. yeah. no, it's every determinism. Every movement of it's every lit- electron. It's
2: literally determinism. Yes! Yeah.
1: He cannot believe in free will. No. It does not comport with anything. No, you're right. does not make sense. Yeah. But he has to disagree with Harari because, you know, the, the right-wing conservative religious view of the world does involve this component of arguing that there's this free will thing. That, yeah, it doesn't make sense with our religious view, but it exists because we say so, yeah. right? God lets <laughs> you make your mistakes. And it's how we're allowed to judge other people yeah, and be exactly. mean to people that we don't like, right? Go to his phrase about how can you prosecute anyone for rape or murder? Well, because they did those things, yeah. right? And, and if you understand these concepts, then maybe you'd end up like me, who is someone who believes that at the very most, punishment, in the sense that Alex thinks of it and others thinks of it, is can only be a tiny, infinitesimal portion of the reason why we prosecute people for crimes they have committed, right? The, there are the... If anything, the only punishment allowable should be aimed at rehabilitation. That's the only allowance I will give for punishment, by which I mean separating from one and putting them in prison. Right, That is a form of punishment. Uh, and we've seen how poorly it works to do that in our society. Mm-hmm. It does not actually result in reforming people. No. It is not a good system. And he so close to understanding. But we're getting some throwbacks to Zbigniew Brzezinski, right? You'll remember a couple chapters ago. Yep. Alex was really ma- mad about Zbigniew Brzezinski. And he compares uh, Harari to Zbigniew Brzezinski. And just in the sense that, hey, Brzezinski was saying there were all these changes going on and that was going to change the way the world works. And look how foolish new Brzezinski was. Nothing changed. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. The internet didn't drastically change everything. Well, that's
2: the thing. He goes on to list all these things. Like, yeah, that all dramatically changed the world. Like, the ability to make phone calls across from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah, that changed the world.
1: But now we get into the section of the chapter where it starts to get freaky. Mm -hmm. And this. And not in a good way. (laughs) Not in a good way. Where Alex begins saying, quote, If you have been curious as to what people mean when they talk about transhumanism, this is your answer. You will be a biological organism with machine upgrades, and those upgrades will come at the cost of stripping you of what is most human about My you. My pink flesh. <laughs> Look, I played Cyberpunk 2077. It's a bad game. Yeah. It's a very bad game. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, Alex shouldn't be allowed to touch that either. He should not be allowed to Alex shouldn't be allowed to touch Cyberpunk anything. 2077. God, he'd freak the fuck out. Um, but then he pulls this quote from, uh, Harari. And this is again from the second book Homo Deus. Uh, and this is, uh, him writing about, you know, again, that book is about the future. What hasn't happened yet. This is him supposing what might happen in the future. And the quote from Harari is quote, the third threat to liberalism is that some people will remain both indispensable and undecipherable. They will not constitute a small and privileged elite of upgraded humans. These superhumans will enjoy unheard of abilities and unprecedented creativity, which will allow them to go on making many of the most important decisions in the world. They will, perform a crucial, uh, they will perform crucial services for the system, while the system could neither understand or manage them. However, most humans will not be upgraded, and will consequently become an inferior caste, dominated by both computer algorithms and the new superhumans. So, I mean, I get why Alex pulled that, right? It's pretty obvious. It, it makes sense why Alex would think that's relevant and why it would work for the argument he's trying to make here. But yeah. I will go and read for you page 354. Does it say, uh, this, this should not be
2: allowed to happen if we could avoid it?
1: Uh, that's the gist, baby. Yeah. That's the gist. <laughs> so the last, uh, last three paragraphs of page uh, 354 of uh, Homo Deus read, quote, How will liberal beliefs survive the appearance of superhumans with exceptional physical, emotional, and intellectual abilities? What will happen if it turns out that such superhumans have fundamentally different experiences from normal sapiens? What if superhumans are bored by novels about the experiences of local sapiens thieves, whereas run-of-the-mill humans find soap operas about superhuman love affairs unintelligible? The great human projects of the 20th century, overcoming famine, plague, and war, aim to safeguard a universal norm of abundance, health, and peace for everyone without exception. The new projects of the 21st century gaining immortality, bliss, and divinity also hope to serve the whole of humankind. However, because these projects aim at surpassing rather than safeguarding the norm, they may well result in the creation of a new superhuman caste that will abandon its liberal roots and treat normal humans no better than 19th century Europeans treated Africans. Benedict, does it appear clear to you that maybe Hirari isn't in favor of this thing happening? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, 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 does. Yeah. it does seem pretty clear. Yeah. It's pretty clear. But Alex says about it, quote, I'm genuinely trying to resist making Nazi comparisons in this book, but it's so difficult when the globalists start using expressions like new superhumans. Mm-hmm. Yep, because that's all you need is to pull out one phrase, well, not care about the context. What which we is should do used.
2: is tax the super rich so that they can never fucking get there. That's the way to do that.
1: Oh god. That would be nice. That'd be nice. But Alex claims that Harari's trying to set up new religions. Um, and that's just because Harari has a weird chapter about how, you know, new religions will probably evolve from technology. Yeah, this
2: is all boring.
1: It's really boring. It's really boring. But then Alex gets to this point where he says, quote, what does a person do when they realize that all the crazy claims made about these globalists are pretty close to the truth? These globalists do want to dethrone God from his throne in heaven and place themselves in charge. That's not hyperbole, but straight from their own writings. At the end of Homo Deus, Harari provides his three main points, and I will say that Alex does correctly put those three main points um, in the, the his version, his book, in Great Reset, uh, without changing them in any way. It's He's not lying about what they say in the book. I will also say that he leaves off the sentence that introduces them and also the sentence that precedes them and tells you what's going on here, so I'll read it for you in its entirety. And Alex... Alex just gives us three bullet points. Mm. And those three bullet points are, One, science is converging on an all-encompassing dogma, which says that organisms are algorithms and life is data processing. Two, intelligence is decoupling from consciousness. Three, non-conscious but highly intelligent algorithms may soon know us better than we know ourselves, right?
2: And the latter two are true, like, just simply true. The first one, I think, is arguable.
1: Yeah, probably. So the sentence that introduced that list was, quote, that Alex did not put in his book, is, quote, Yet if we take the really grand view of life, all other problems and developments are overshadowed by three interlinked processes. Huh? Problems and developments? Mm. It's uh, strange that Alex left that part out. And the thing that follows what Alex put in his book that he did not tell us existed is, quote, These three processes raise three key questions, which I hope will stick in your mind long after you have finished the book. One, are organisms really just algorithms? No. And is life really just data processing? No. Two. What's more valuable, intelligence or consciousness? And three. What will happen to society, politics, and daily life when non-conscious but highly intelligent algorithms know us better than we know ourselves? He's asking questions about these things. Yeah, exactly. And like,
2: also, like, algorithms do often know us better than than we know ourselves. Yeah. In the sense that, like ad targeting, knows us really well. Like,
1: yeah, Google earlier today knew it knew that I needed thirty-two pairs of Crocs. That's right. Somehow, somehow, precisely knew. thirty-two. <laughs> but he continues, "quote Homo Deus, literally, and this is Alex now, not not Harari." quote Homo deus literally means man is God. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I was going to no, give you doesn't. a moment to interject there. No, it
2: doesn't. It means God-man. It's like Homo sapiens means wise man.
1: Homo deus means God-man. That's not yep. what it means. Yep. That is what the globalists are pushing. If there is one thing that religion has done, it is to cause people to consider things outside of themselves. It is religion that caused people to worry about feeding the poor. No, it eh. wasn't. Nope. Educating the young. Eh. Removing people from slavery definitely eh, yep. eh all the eh, ants. <laughs> you know how everyone was way more religious back when we had slavery, yeah. Alex. Yeah, that would be a problem if you were a thinking person.
2: Also, how slavery is literally in the Bible.
1: Yep, uh, <laughs> uh, and making sure that all enjoy equal opportunity. Eh. Uh, famous case, famous case, uh, Benedict, uh, the, the case that really, uh, involved, uh, segregation in private education in the United States was Bob Jones University, Mm. a private Christian school. Of course it was set up for segregation. Uh, Liberty University, by the way, the famous Christian school originally set up as a segregationist school. That's how that came to be. Uh, at its best, religion breaks down walls, requiring people to see others as fellow children of God, all equally valuable. By agreeing that all people have value, there can be no impulse to harm or rid ourselves of them. The more people embrace equality and freedom, the closer they are to God's natural order. When one understands the philosoph- I promise there's a reason I'm reading all this crap. Uh- when one understands the philosophical underpinnings of a belief in God, it becomes clear that these globalists are nothing less than an opposition force to that belief. This is why I was reading all of that, Benedict. What else would you call an opposition force to God other than devils and <laughs> demons?
2: oh it's so good it goes so hard it It goes so hard it's us the devils and demons
1: they're demons we're demons you and i are demons yes i prefer
2: devils i'd rather be a devil than a demon i think
1: i mean you are close to new jersey that's true Uh, yeah Jersey devils yeah. um uh yeah you, sure. you go out there in the woods and confront the mythical beast yep. uh you could also go watch a hockey game mm-hmm. uh so we then get three stars uh as we do and he moves on to harari's and, and he calls this the third book in harari's trilogy but i don't see harari considering it part of the series with the other it's two
2: books it's not a trilogy it's it's a trite lessons for yeah. the 21st century it also contains the bit this section of the chapter contains the bit that I laughed out loud at the most about.
1: Mm, I'm trying to guess what that was, but we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it, I guess. So, uh, yes, the book you're talking about, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Uh, Alex says about it, quote, One wonders if Harari has written any, everything he thinks is important about humanity's past and sapience and covered our future in Homo Deus. What could there possibly be left to say? I consider 21 Lessons for the 21st Century to be something genuinely different from his two earlier books. Yeah, I think Harari probably thinks so, too. Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't contain man in the title. And Alex says, quote, Has Harari developed a conscience? No. Is he backing away from the globalists? (laughs) There is some evidence for this belief. And let me tell you, all the evidence he presents... Is just stuff that Alex overlooked in the previous two books. Yeah, or or misread or presented yes. differently. It's always been there, Alex. You just didn't present it to your readers previously to now to make it seem like there's a change. And it's really just that I guess this this book is more um Exploded It is different than the other in two. In the books. fact that
2: it's called Lessons,
1: right? I think that this book is more on the prescriptive side than the descriptive. Yeah, because it's like Lessons. The other two books were. Right, right. So I think that might be where Alex is maybe picking this up. But again, having read a a good chunk of Sapiens now, I saw that as as having a lot of those intellectual and moral discussions than Alex pretended were in there. He just pretended that there was none, and it was just him saying, this is what I
2: want. Sapiens and Homo Deus both definitely had a decent amount of philosophizing.
1: Yeah. So um, Alex starts off here with a quote from from Harari. Oh, is this the portion you laughed out loud about? I'm wondering. Uh, uh no, we're, we're, no, no, no. Okay, it's on okay. the
2: it's on page one twenty seven. Don't
1: spoil it for me. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it's not for a couple of pages. Okay, now I know. Okay. Now I know. Um, damn it, you spoiled it. Sorry. So this first one is just about should scholars do they serve power or truth? Should what what should they be about? What should scholars be about? And Alex has. The most Alex paragraph of this entire The most entire asinine quote. opinion that you could possibly imagine. Where Alex says, quote, I find it difficult to find any fault with that statement. That's been my experience on several occasions. Telling the truth often gets me less power. However, I must point to the fact that some of the most popular figures today with the largest audiences, such as me, Joe <laughs> Rogan. <laughs> like me. <laughs> jordan peterson and tucker carlson are relentless truth tellers Mm -hmm. so a list of dumb dumbs and liars yeah and and just so ironic in a book that is full of provable lies lies we have proven thus far it is just so ironic that he has a whole paragraph talking about how he's a truth teller alex is such a truth teller god it's weird uh, but you know he's he goes on about that, and then we get to what I think I know is the point where you giggled uncontrollably, <laughs> where Alex um, doesn't understand why, or maybe he doesn't understand. He does understand, uh, but uh, uh, reminisces on the fact that Harari apparently was interested in the Disney movie Inside Out. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll say. I think Harari and me have different views of the Disney movie Inside Out. Uh, do you know, what? I haven't
2: seen the Disney movie Inside Out. So. I,
1: I haven't either, but I went and read the Wikipedia article about it, so I'd be prepared for today's episode. I didn't. So <laughs> um, uh, Harari sees the movie Inside Out as showing uh, that that you know the free will is a myth um, and that humans are just machines controlled by these emotions that are there. It's a weird view, man. It's a pretty weird view. Again, I watched Osmosis Jones back in the oh, day. Oh, shit. So no, that, did you watch yeah. the cartoon spin-off, Ozzy and Drex, too? I watched some of it, but I remember it not being as good because yeah. they didn't have the original voice actors, right? They did not Chris Rock. Rock, yeah. Yeah, it was Chris yeah. Rock. That movie was great. It was a really good movie. I loved that movie. Yep. Um, We should all watch. Let's let's all just get together and watch Osmosis Jones. Sure. Let's have a good time. I'm sure it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, But so, Alex says, quote, as Disney finds themselves under increasing attack by parents in 2022. Oh, no, but you skipped
2: they, over the bit that made me laugh. Did I skip over yeah. the bit
1: you loved? Does okay, it, well, why it, don't you just read it okay. then? Why don't you just fucking he read it? He does
2: this whole thing about Inside Out, and also, like, the hero's journey. He references the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Alex says, does it seem odd to you that an academic is spending so much time dissecting the plot of a Disney children's movie? And my brain just smash cut to Jordan Peterson crying about Cinderella or whatever the fuck it was. Well, <laughs> literally a page before he'd been like, Jordan Peterson as a relentless truth teller.
1: Like, oh, God, it's so good. It's so, so fucking funny. good. So funny. But I, I will pick back up with quote. As Disney finds themselves under increasing attack by parents in 2022 for what they view as attempts to break up the traditional family by, I guess, having a handful of gay characters. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. It's interesting to note Harari saw this pattern emerging as early as 2015. And he's just referencing that that inside out thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, From Disney's Inside Out, Harari pivots back to Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, a book that Harari believes should serve as a blueprint for our world. No, he doesn't. Remember, I went and looked it up. No, he is very much cautioning against... Anti-Brave New World, yeah. Yep, not a huge fan. Uh, He says, quote, In this brave new world, the world government uses advanced biotechnology and social engineering to make sure that everyone is always content and no one has any reason to rebel. It is as if joyous sadness in the other characters in Riley's brain, that's, I guess, the main character, the the girl... From, uh, from inside, inside Out, I, yeah. have been turned into loyal government agents. There is therefore no need for a secret police, concentration camps or a ministry of love, a la Orwell's 1984. Indeed, Huxley's genius consists in showing that you can control people far more securely through love and pleasure than through fear and violence. And again, I'm just gonna, I, again, I did not buy this third book. I'm not gonna buy another fucking book just because of Alex. Um, but I'm just gonna assume that Alex is leaving off the portion where he talks about that being a bad thing. Yeah. Because that's always what it is. Well, it's implicitly a bad thing, even in that paragraph. Yeah, it does. Um, So, and this is where Alex claims that at this point, he sees Harari making a U-turn. And he thinks he's, he's coming against the globalists now. Um, and, and really it's just him reading, you know, the portions where he's actually getting into the moral dilemma on these problems. I'll read the operative passage from the quote he has from Harari, which is quote, it will be the algorithms that will decide for us who we are and what we should know about ourselves for a few more years or decades. We still have a choice. If we make the effort, we can still investigate who we really are. But if we want to make use of this opportunity, we had better do it now. And that is the same message that was at the end of Homo Deus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alex just ignored it intentionally. He loves it. But Alex says about it, quote, When I read this last passage, I detected a lament, the passing of a world of which Harari was immensely fond. As a Christian, I'm always willing to accept a sinner who has seen the error of his ways. No, you're not, Alex. No, you're not. No, you're not. I've heard you scream about George Soros. Yeah. I've heard you scream about Bill Gates. You've told them to burn in hell. You have laughed and been happy about the fact that you think they're going to burn in mm-hmm. hell. You are not willing to accept someone except as a, a literary flourish in this fucking stupid book. That, that's the reality. So apparently at the end of Lessons for the 21st Century, there's an interview with Harari. Um, and Alex is really enamored with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he has some some portions from it. And I really didn't care about it enough. It really doesn't matter. Um, but he just takes out like, one portion where he's like, Harari is talking about, you know, uh, people are being manipulated by algorithms and you know, media and stuff like that. And Alex's like, yeah, that's true. See, he agrees with me now. He's against the globalists now. Yeah, and which like, is
2: weird to end the chapter this way, having devoted a whole chapter to like attacking him. Like, if you now think he agrees with you, right? what are you doing? Why? Have we and done he's not this? Robo. I here? guess
1: maybe. I mean, okay. So we, we can all agree uh, that RoboCop is Jesus, right? We all know that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe Harari followed the same hero's journey as RoboCop. Mm, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's the subtle message behind the title of the chapter: is that Harari is also Jewish? Gish? Uh, G-ish? Good one. G-ish. I see, I was gonna say Jesus, and then I was gonna note that he's also Jewish, like Jesus. Yeah. And that just combined <laughs> in my brain to get out G-ish, to my mouth baby. words. Yep. He's just Gish. <laughs> cool. But there's this again, going back to this, there's an incredibly dumb paragraph written by Harari. Um, where Harari is glowing about how brilliant the people who run Silicon Valley are. Which I just have to point out they're all a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah, Everyone who runs Silicon Valley, a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. Not smart. They're not brilliant programmers and genius engineers like Harari calls them. They're just dumb-dumbs who everyone thinks is smarter than them. Some of them That's are brilliant programmers, on. to be fair. Those generally aren't the people in charge. Not anymore, yeah. No! The, yeah, those are the people, you know, making thousand dollars a year. Yeah. 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 They're the people who are working for Google and stuff. Those there's probably some brilliant programmers out there, but they're definitely not the people in charge. So we get to the last two pages of this chapter now. And Alex really, really, really has uh, uh, a love boner for Harari because Harari wrote a nice paragraph about what love means to him. Mm-hmm. So That was strange. That was really strange. Um, And Alex says, quote, I am genuinely puzzled that the same person who wrote of a future in which the ideal human would be an eternally young cyborg, sexless and non-breeding, could have such sentiments. And Benedict, if you flip back six pages, you'll see where Alex put that passage in the book. And Harari did not call that the ideal human. No, he said it's going to happen. Yeah, it's just... He didn't write that, Alex! He didn't write that! <laughs> My desk is gonna break in half by the time we're done with this yep. book. By the amount of times I've slammed the book on it. <laughs> so I will read for you all the final several paragraphs of this chapter, as I always do. And it is, quote, I fail to understand how the writer who wrote so dispassionately of the castration of young boys for their singing voices... <laughs> okay, Jesus. again maybe Harari should have left that portion out or to create a class of eunuchs to guard a sultan's harem can express such tenderness in his personal relationships. Oh, also there was one thing I noticed when he was talking about a lot of this, which is that he refers to Harari's partner, um, and not Harari's husband. Cause Harari is a gay man and he's married to another oh, okay. man, which I, I saw as just a little bit of an intentional slight against Harari, a little bit of a, a, a bullshit thing to do. Uh, but doesn't matter. Um, Continuing, I began this chapter characterizing Harari as a robocop for the empire, a creature of flesh and metal who serves a corrupt and dictatorial corporate government, and I believed I had provided abundant evidence to justify this characterization. No, you have not. However, a Christian also believes that each saint has a past and every sinner a future. That is why we pray for our enemies and are eternally vigilant for the earliest sign of a turn away from evil and toward goodness. As much as I believe Harari is currently acting as a robocop for the Empire that Klaus Schwab and the globalists wish to establish, I see signs of this humanity emerging and his conscience troubling him. The greatest victory is not to destroy your enemy, but to welcome him back when he realizes the error of his ways. I do not believe the final word has been written as to whether Yuval Noah Harari is a force for evil or good in this world. I will live in the hope that he finds his way back to the light. This is all just, no fucking way in hell Alex wrote this. No fucking way. No, this it's also all the just a very from. weird, like, why, again, why is this chapter here? I don't, this is such fluff. It's such fucking fluff. However, the choice is for him to decide. Unlike the globalists, God does not force you to do anything <laughs> except for murder your child on a mountaintop. One must come to their decisions voluntarily and without coercion if they are to have any meaning at all. Making voluntary decisions is one of the most important aspects of living as a free human being and emerging as one who is calm and at peace with the world. Just like Alex. Alex, just (laughs) like Alex, calm and at peace with the world. Yep,
2: the chillest man there has ever been. Oh
1: boy, that is the end of chapter five, Benedict. (sighs) Oh next chapter just the preview for everyone is titled you probably won't face a firing squad in the great reset but you may be put in a digital gulag so you have that to look forward to for chapter six that's gonna be a whole. loving these
2: snappy chapter titles
1: Oh, boy, is he not the king of that? But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Lots of you. Uh, Lots, (laughs) lots. Flackweasel, Sadie's sister Wednesday. Kieran, how did I say I was going to pronounce Karen, that? Karen, you said Karen. Kieran Dactler, And that's our show. Join us next week when our guest will be Henry Kissinger. Henry Louis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Isaac Horvath, Clifton Stucky. Pause, Lilith. See, I've lost my rhythm yeah. because we gotten so many new patrons recently. I haven't figured out how to go through them Sounds yet. Sounds like you're complaining but, uh- about the new patrons, which God you shouldn't. They're lovely people. Lilith 210, A Baby, Wham! Veronica Forker, Melissa C., JD, George Saulnier, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Sharkbelly, that's a new one, Utah Outcast, Brett Lee, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw! Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison Megan Ruth Glowrung the Deceiver Big Easy Blast Me Jay Reynolds Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick Taro Takannon and Balls Watterson thank you all as always for being our patrons that's it for this week's show till next time are you ready for some football <laughs> goodbye goodbye